Welcome back, everyone, to For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 338B. B. B. Thank you, gentlemen. The second episode for the week. Why do we will... do that? Uh, you guys just have done it for like children. a year and a half. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know as, long, as long as we know it's why. It's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> right, no, yeah, yeah. I think you started I even it, do it when you're not here. Same. <laughs> All right, this is episode 333B, the second episode for the week. We will now discuss our thoughts on Nimona, available on Netflix. With you for that discussion, Grayson Maxwell, Roger Stillian, and Christopher Bond. For the episode discussing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming, and trailer talk, check out episode 338A, posted on Tuesday, 7-11. Well, gentlemen, let's talk about another, yet another Netflix movie. We've been on a streak of Netflix movies lately, but... They put, they put out good stuff. They put out con. No, they put out stuff. I don't <laughs> think it's good. But you just like literally stopping the tracks. That in the fucking gunshot that happened like. Well, hold on. Seven I think seconds this ago. Is good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's some stuff to it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's get the particulars out of the way, gentlemen. But I start with the. All right. The tomato meter is if you, if you have if you haven't seen this, you're wondering what it is. The tomato meter. You'll be happy to know is a ninety four percent. Yep. The, the audience score is just two points lower at 92. So those are good numbers. Those are good, solid numbers. They really are. Solid Especially representing game. Netflix, which is not good sometimes. Nope. Let's talk about the cast. Chloe Grace Moretz, Riz Ahmed, off the bat, two wonderful young Fucking actors. I love Riz Ahmed. That dude rules. Mm-hmm. Eugene Lee Yang, Francis Conroy, Lorraine Toussaint, Beck Bennett, RuPaul, India Moore, Julia Torres, and Sarah Sherman, directed by Troy Kwan and Nick Bruno. Roger, what is Nimona on Netflix about? Nimona is an animated feature um, regarding a shapeshifter, and it's set in like futuristic medieval times, and it's a story of knights and murder and shapeshifting. There you go. Close enough. It's, it's a it's a, I think it's a pretty unique story actually now that we've now that I've seen it is it's the a setting story in a unique world like land like its yeah. realm is unique. It's a very interesting setting like like you pointed like you we talked about earlier before the show is I, I like how you put that that you you were kind of in love with the, the the setting how it's it's medieval yet futuristic and they did a good job with combining those two elements together to make one setting and I I, I think it I didn't agree with you. Feel did it? Mm-mm. No, it actually felt like it, it 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 blended very well. You know, one of the small things that I loved about it was the architecture, mm-hmm. where like you know how in like the old school things with like the wooden arches over windows and stuff, mm-hmm. except there were like neon lights and stuff with yeah, that. I yeah. thought that like that aesthetic was cool. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool attention to detail in this. Yeah, and this is animated very well, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's got a good. It's pretty. It, it's like so. Like like I, I'm gonna make a quick comparison. If you've ever seen Arcane, this is like this is like a similar style. It's dialed back a little bit. Ar- Arcane's very, very like just vivid coloring. Where this is very much like the, it, there, there's some wash over it, but it feels very much cell shady and hard black liney, and it, it works very well for what they do in a lot of points in this movie. Yeah, animation for this is very good in my opinion. I agree, and it's combining it's combining two characters. Uh, that you know, really do kind of have a great kind of repertoire on screen, and it's one of my favorite characters. Is you know comes all the way back from my love of Dragonheart is the disillusioned knight, someone that wants to see the world, 
as this shining paragon of what they think it is. And then they find out maybe it's not quite that, but they're not, but they're not ready to give up on it. So that's kind of one of my favorite characters. And then someone who's just misunderstood by society and kind of an outcast in her own right. And they kind of, they are thrown into the story together to solve a bigger mystery that is plaguing the world, but for their crime syndicate, <laughs> that they're, they're, they're going to start. Yes. <laughs> so I like the opening here. It's a, it's, it's kind of a Shrek esque opening. Like you get a fairy tale opening. Yeah, okay, there is sure. a monster and there is someone, a hero who rises to vanquish that monster. A little more to it than that, but it's a, it's a very beautiful cell shaded opening. Uh, and it gives you a lot of context it gives you a lot of the players, why it's important, and sets up the world. Very, mm-hmm. very quickly, very simply. Netflix, why can't you do this more often? Just ask. So so something that's very strong in this setup is the fact that like they set everything up in like in fast mode, right? Yep. And that's effective here. And yeah. it leaves m- way more room for like, you know, story stuff and like movie stuff to happen. Instead of taking the 30 minutes that some movies take to set all this up and have something to happen. They do it all in like what seven minutes at the beginning. Not even it, that, is yeah. it? It's no, it's quick. not. It's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah which it's... is to its benefit because, like you know, while this movie has a tight runtime, there was two different points in this film where I thought we were about to hit the climax of the movie. Yeah, and like I got faked out because like I didn't realize just how much time we didn't waste at the beginning to like get some cool stuff to happen because the first time they're out on a balcony. And there's a big wide open area, and there were there were hints of a dragon at some point. I was like, "Oh man, I know what's gonna happen." We're here. going right into this, and I was dead wrong. But but I wasn't upset about that because again, this movie's pretty enjoyable, you know, for for the most part, all the way through. So yep. I just kudos to the quick start. It hit on all cylinders very quickly to give you the full scale of what's gonna, of like what we're looking at here in an opening, and then it had plenty of time for movies. So I appreciated the the beginning of this. Yeah, sure, looked good, played well. You know, I was okay with it. You guys want to rate it? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, I I think this is an interesting story. Um, we had some insight. We actually talked about it on our previous show that this wasn't a Netflix original. Like, this wasn't made specifically for Netflix. Is that they picked up this property, mm-hmm. which you know we've seen Netflix do some very good animated stuff. Sure. You know, like Mitchell's versus the Machine being oh, yeah. the their their crown jewel i'd say now look i don't think this is on the level of missions versus machine but this is pretty damn good um like the story's there there's a deeper story for some stuff that some you know some people may or may not realize a lot of little kids probably won't um which i guess good bad whatever um but the, the way that this story plays out, even if you just look at it from the, the 50,000 feet view and just watch them, uh, you know, go and, you know, shape shift into animals and other things and fight each other and get arms chopped off and all that Ooh, kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, there's a cool story there. Again, a lot happens in the first five minutes. There is. <laughs> we get somebody literally disarmed. We have an assassination, a disarming, uh, a, a love story. Like <laughs> betrayals, yeah. so much. Oh, there was a lot. Yeah, so a much lot happens. happening. <laughs> so, and you know, it it works. Mm-hmm. It, it really, truly does. Like, look, I'm not going to champion this thing as some sort of like groundbreaking piece of you know animated cinema, but yeah. I, I like seeing a deeper story written out because, like, look, you know, Grayson already mentioned Shrek one time. Now, look, there's some subject matter in this movie that we're not really going to dig into. Grayson and uh, Chris might do a deep dive on this eventually in the future. And that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but this is kind of the Shrek thing, right? Where, you know, adults might be seeing a different version of the story than what the children are, yep. but the pieces still fit either way. You know, Shrek, it was more like the jokes go over kids head. This one is going to be the subject matter a little well, bit. Well, they do have some of those jokes though, because oh, uh, they're, they're there. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say like when 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 she falls through like multiple floors as the whale and she hits the shower room and she goes and she asks, "Is it yeah. cold in here?" Yep. You know, no, that's a dick joke. Yeah, that is. That's like, a dick you know, joke. <laughs> that was funny. Me and the wife chuckled. You yeah, know? it's that, like a hundred percent a dick joke. Yeah, it, it, they do have that that comedy here, yeah. which feels which feels good to be able to well, watch a movie and enjoy it alongside of your kids. Cause that's yeah. what this is in the end. It is, it, it is a movie that's made for kids. The other, the other part of this too is like, this feels organic to me. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot going on there and I'm very happy to see like this level of storytelling, even if it's in an animated realm. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. because I mean, we've talked about it a thousand times, you know, a lot of people just poo poo things because they're animated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't understand where that mentality comes from. Yep. Because like if it's a good story and it's told, the medium shouldn't matter. Exactly. You know, it's like you wouldn't be like, well, it's a book. I'll never fucking read that. <laughs> you know how ignorant <laughs> that shit sounds? People say that, though. Oh, well, I'm never going to read it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, let's right. just talk about for one second, Roger. Your, yours and my, I think our example is going to be the same as How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, no, well, exactly. Well, Those are exceptional. Like, look, that is masterful storytelling, right? Mm. Ex- just animated yeah. right now like look this story is a good story and if somebody's like i'll never watch it it's animated it's like it's dumb as hell like yeah. i don't understand that like you are missing out could you imagine somebody be like i'll never read that you know it's a graphic novel or it's a you know i it's, it doesn't have pictures in the book like i could, <laughs> just couldn't imagine that i mean, I mean well i can understand this one i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of detour a little bit and say I can understand if someone doesn't want to watch it for subject matter, but if you don't want to watch it in your in in your in your your case is the fact that it's animated. No, I I think you're being short sighted. Well, yeah, um, I mean, so subject matter and and you know the the avenue in which you know the information is given to you are two different things, right? Right. So no, of course, of course. Yeah, but I mean, like you guys are kind of preaching to the choir, you know. If, if like if you speak to me about it, because like I'm the anime guy, I've been telling people yeah. for years some of the best storytelling you're going to get isn't you know with you know live action on the screen nope. it's you know it's it's through cartoons that you're going to watch that someone recommends to you that shit's probably in a different language yeah <laughs> it sometimes is so it's like you know th- this is very good you know like very light on the on the surface of like what all the characters are going through everything that's included here i i like what this movie does in the very simplistic a b and c it has you know, your characters are given to you very quickly. You don't wait for anything in this movie, which is good. Nope. Again, kids need to be engaged, so that's a huge win for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you have that mystery of, like, well, well, who is the bad guy? What's going on? They show you pretty early. You figure it out along with everybody. And then, like, some cool and some cool stuff happens on screen. The animation for, like, the fast motion stuff that happens, all the fight scenes and the, and the chase scenes. There's better chase scenes in here than Indiana Jones, by the way. And um, oh yeah, probably yeah. And like the <laughs> like what happens is like it, it's all very very just well done. It flows very well on the screen, and like nothing was like you know you're already in a fantastical world from the from the get go. So you're just it, like to see what they do with like the rules of what they're they're working with. 
very interesting. And it, it, the movie gets pretty big, like big in scale by the end, too. Yeah, it, it does go to like conspiracy level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like this place should be shaken to its core. <laughs> yep. And, and, and even to where we get like kaijus and stuff, you know. So I, 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 I did want to mention that, right? It's like, look, we have an overly large monster that makes an appearance and it really is specific, you know, Pacific Rim style. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, monsters breaching the wall. Like, yeah, like like like, like, sit, like skyscraper scraper sized tower cannons are yep. ready to fire on this thing, yeah. and you know, you think it, they're railguns? I bet you they're railguns. Oh, they're railguns, hundred percent the railguns, and, and like you know, radioactive railguns. I bet too. Ooh. Just a whole bunch of stuff happening in, 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 at the end of this, and it, it's it's all done very visually striking that makes you want to see it. You know, they have they have all this color and all these reds because like there's alarms going off and then you have, they have a very black and white monster the final version of the monster was incredible yeah 100 percent. like that looked damn good yep. too my eight-year-old while watching went she like at, at, at like some at like some poses and stances it's in she goes like she just went wow under her breath and it's like it's like it's cool to see that you know because you know at, at least as a parent with kids like you're always trying to find what like what like sparks them you know what sure. i mean or like gets them interested, or like you know, like like get, gets their gets their wheels going, and you know, my oldest definitely liked this movie, so it, it's definitely winning in, in some in some of those corners. Well, I mean, that really is a testament to the art style here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is you know, you get a giant city leveling style monster, and you're just impressed, yeah, with how cool it looks, yeah. you know, and like look. This is not an invincible, unkillable monster no. here. Like this thing is taking some serious damage. And you know how that all comes out to play works really, really well. It does, and and like, like we're we're talking big at the end here too. But like you know, uh, talking about some of the characters, you know, there's character I, evolution in this that, uh, on multiple multiple pieces too. Different, like we have like four different people that like go through at least something, if not a whole lot of things. Yep. And you know, I think the characters are all are very well done. Uh, like I, I don't know, I think my favorite character here is uh, like it it is. Nimona's story and mm-hmm. just the way that she's drawn on screen is very cool and very like you can tell it comes from the graphic novel. I love the visuals of of Nimona. I think you know character arc wise. I think um I think our our, our lead our lead Bal. male that we follow. I think he goes through like the like the most in realization and things like that. Like from he has the most growth. I she think. does. He does. But like it's. I think that the characters are, are done well too, and the ride we go on with each of them—it's it, interesting in their own little pockets as as we go through. I I think I think Demon Baby Demon Baby Boy was like my favorite part of the movie, though. That was weird. No, it was cool. Well, it's—I mean, <laughs> I can understand why someone might take offense, but it's what here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's a question that I I, I, I want to ask you is you know we're doing we're being a little toe steppy and dancey around some things, but. To be you honest, don't have to be. I'm not. I'm not so sure. I liked the movie as much as you guys did, but I. I also think there's a tighter story to be told here, mm-hmm. let alone, especially with the character of Ballister, the the disillusioned knight. I'm not quite sure was used as effectively as he could have been. That's a very powerful trope, by the way. the The man who feels like, or anyone, so the the the, the person who feels betrayed by what's happened and but they're not ready to give up on their world yet they're going to do whatever they have to do to restore it to what they thought it was supposed to be and what should be is so the that before i get there the heavy handedness is, is is here so the world inside the, the city that they've built that's where everything that's safe and good at least is outlined for us in the beginning outside the wall is everything bad right yep and 
there are, there are people in control here who want to keep the status quo inside. And they don't want the bad to come in, but this monster has come. Monster, there, there's a word that we use quite, quite. A, it's, it's got thematic resonance here, and is used to great effect. Monster, who, and, and of course, whenever that comes up in a film, usually you can ask the question. And in this one, it's the same: Who is the monster, and why are they the monster? Whose perspective is going to change, and why is it going to change? Now, who do you guys consider to be the protagonist, the Ballister or Nimona? I mean, the answer is yes, I think. Yeah. I'd say it's clearly both of them. I'd say it's a combination of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I mean, but I, I guess, honestly, if I had to pick one, it's probably Baluster. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, I I would say the, as well. the movie is more Ballisters to unfold here. Yet, they've somehow made Nimona the more important character. And that, gets, I think, feeds into some of the heavy-handedness here when some of the subject matter might lend itself to confuse people as who the protagonist is, which I think this movie, it's confusing. You know, if, if you have to ask yourself, well, which one is the, is the, is the hero we're following? That's not a good well, thing, right? Is it, I, maybe it's more accurate to say it's Nimona's story, but Ballister's the hero. Is that more fair? Uh, I'm not quite sure that is fair because I'm not quite sure that's how it is. Well, how they saves the day. How they presented it, it sure is. But I mean, the in in short, Ballister is given a promotion, and there's some when he's he receives knighted. when 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 he's knighted, which he can't be unknighted, by the way. True. When he's knighted, his weapon malfunctions and it kills the queen. Gone. She's dead. So of course he's framed for murder, and he didn't do it, and he knows he didn't do it. We know he didn't do it. His partner doesn't believe him, which kind of to me. I mean, it looks real bad. Well, sure, <laughs> it doesn't look great. I mean, but the person, Mister Golden, <laughs> Golden Loins, Golden Loins, that yeah. dude, that's his name. That's his name. Yeah, Golden. So Loin. there's a lot. There's a lot of names and playing and playing not like a play on names in this movie. More than we're gonna dive into, but like, there's a ton of stuff. Like even like the main character's name is hugely a play on on some things. So. Oh yeah, I of, of course, of course. But Golden Loin, the partner of Ballister, very much in love with him, doesn't believe him. I'm not sure as a writer I would have gone that way. This is this is part of the tighter story that I want to tell. Is do you guys believe that he would have just given up on him like that? Well, like, given, given the other themes of the movie, given well, the other with the information the, that he's given, it looks real fucking bad. Well, and, and I don't think he gives up on him. I think I think he's struggling with it the whole way through, right? Yeah, it's I not, mean, he clearly could have killed him multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, there, you go through this movie where you know, Golden Loin. That's so fun to say. Golden Loin. <laughs> like, he has multiple What's his opportunities. First name? I don't even remember. He has uh, that's his name. That's his last name. Um, he has multiple chances to, you know, to apprehend or to or to kill Ballister, but he doesn't. He he hesitates because there is doubt. Ambrosius there. is his first name. <laughs> yeah, Am- Ambrosius <laughs> Golden Loin. Like so, like there's doubt there, and that's why, like you know, the movie doesn't end in 45 minutes. You know, true. He doesn't kill him off off the start. He reacts and like, and this isn't spoilers because you will see in the first five minutes. He reacts and cuts the guy's arm off, right? So like, it's not even on purpose. Literal either. disarming. Yeah, he li- <laughs> Yeah, he he raises his sword, I think, to point the the, the laser beam lightsaber sword away from the queen, and which cuts, is really badass, it, by the way. It is, and it and, and it, it cuts his boy's arm off. You know, and I don't think that was on purpose or meant. It was just reactionary. And then, like, you know, he has a chance to shoot him 
uh, before he gets into the car. He doesn't like, like there's all these these moments of like of doubt and like his convictions and what he's supposed to do compared to like his love for this person and, you know, and, and wanting to believe him. Well, so, so much so that he puts him in a jail cell instead of killing him. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, that does happen. Yep. Which leads to a cool chasing. Yeah. So I, there's there's a lot of moments here where I, I think that he's conflicted. So he doesn't he does not that he doesn't believe him. It's that he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to believe. And well, I, the, he wrestles with it. So the other part of that, too, comes in later on where, you know, they've recorded the director, mm-hmm. you know, saying certain things. And I want to spoil the movie. And he doesn't believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this has to be edited footage. And I mean, that says a lot about today. Yeah, <laughs> More, true. you know, that's that's one of those. Like, hey, how much do we believe the news sort of thing and how you can spin stuff? Yep. But even at that point, he doesn't believe Ballister's completely correct with how he's associating himself with Nimona. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nimona's still this evil presence here. So quote unquote evil. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of feeling that we get that, you know he wants to believe him. He wants to be okay with it. And he needs to be like, he's trying to get him redeemed. You know, he wants him to come back. I do want to focus for 10 seconds on the fact that a one armed man built himself a robot arm. Oh yeah. And just attached it like minutes after his arm was severed. Oh yeah. And the fact that the motor is like, like, how much did it, how much did it bleed? We don't, we don't see any blood, dude. We don't see any blood, do we? Like we don't see any kind of gore, do we? There is blood in this movie, but not from them. Okay. okay. Well, uh, no, Nimona bleeds in this. Yeah. When she, when he pulls the arrow out and he just squirts straight up in the, (laughs) I I chuckled at that. No. And then he, he puts, he's like, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There is blood in this. It's very brief. It's not much. And then there's fake juice blood at some point too, but it's, you know, and some weird cocoa puffs. That was cool, though. <laughs> that was that. cool. Yeah, Dragon Krispies. Yeah, Dragon Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's just clever. I think. It I is, thought it, it was clever. That, so that's the thing, right? So this movie does a lot of things well, and being clever is one of them. Yep. And it, it also subverts your expectations twice too, where like you think, like I thought, I don't know about you guys, but I thought we were going to see, I thought we were going to see a dragon at one point like an actual dragon that was like an actual bad thing. And I thought someone in the movie was that thing, but then we weren't, but they did a very good job of showing the fake dragons and then cutting right to that person. Yep. And then later on showing some fake dragons and cutting right to that person. So they did, they did a good job. And they also, and like this person stands very regal, which is like known like amongst like, a, you know, if, if a dragon's in disguise, they're always like people of nobility and that kind of stature. So they do, there's, there, there's some really good decisions made here within its own storytelling that are subtle and you know they do some good stuff here uh, there's a lot of things that aren't subtle but that's the choice you know that's like the, the like the choices they made story they wanted to tell it didn't hurt the like the the high viewing enjoyment of this film though because the film is fun to watch it really yeah. is overarching if you never wanted to dig into any of the the sub narrative stuff here. If you never do that or your kid never does that, it's a pretty enjoyable film. Mm-hmm. Now, like if you want to dig into it deeper and we're not going to do much of that here today at all. If you do want to dig into it, I think there's a really incredible story in there. There's a that lot here. Yeah. It's really like many layers to this onion, right? Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to get into it. So that is something to think about too, when you do watch this, cause I'm going to recommend spoiler that everybody should check this out. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty rad flick. And, I think it's cool that, you know, we're talking about an animated movie that is slightly more adult themed than what it initially 
seems to be because yeah. this movie is only rated PG and a lot of times you don't get that just based off a rating. So that's uh, kind of a triumph, I think, to be able to get all that stuff in and not have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to just stress again how cool some of the visuals are in this movie. Like the movie's animation moves very quickly at times. And like there's like there, there's like quick zoom in cuts of certain characters, especially like Nimona. She's very animated. Her, her powers are neat. They are. <laughs> I mean, she's she's Omega level mutant. No, oh, yeah. No, no, she's no doubt about it. Be a killing machine. Absolutely. But like just like some of the stuff they do with like 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 her eyes, like 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 taking on full white when certain when light hits a certain angle too. Yep. that it just they, that they never talk about. But like it just happens on screen sometimes. It's like, oh, that's cool. You know, and like there's a lot of like quick zoom in shots that are super unique looking. Very cool animation. In this well, the other, one other thing I want to talk about her transformations from it. Right. Mm-hmm. So through all the animals and everything you see, she always has a pink hue to it. Yeah. Did you see when she transforms into Ballister mm-hmm. that he's got the pink streaks through his hair? Yes. And I thought that was really clever because, yeah. listen, it looks exactly like him. Yep except for those little streaks. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, all right, that's kind of neat. Like yeah. that's, that's a neat thing that they did. There. She does that a couple times. Like, like she definitely chooses to be pink where like, you know, like she, she has the ability to not be pink. She can be whatever she wants. She can. To be. She, yeah, she's, she's full ability to shape shift. And like, like when the times that she isn't, you know, her pink bubbly versions of what she turns into, there's just these hints of it's of like, of it being her like subtly, which I think is actually, kind of neat and it's like it's fun to kind of like like watch and look for those things as you're watching the film too i did like how we're talking about all of her shape shifting i did like that we only sparingly got her true form as a little girl like that's the form that Mm -hmm. is is in the in the fairy tale that's the form that like so when when whenever she shapeshifted into that form that meant something and so i was looking the the two times she does it is super important in the story thematically. And I, I, I really appreciate they didn't overuse that at, at all. Cause, cause they could have, she's normal. What we consider a Mona. Cause I think that's who she wants to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how she feels like, 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 like that's, that's the form that makes the most sense to her. I think is what it is. Yep. Cause I, I think that she's lived a long time. I mean, she's a thousand years old many, at least. Yeah, but I, I think she's lived being many different forms. I think that's the one that she felt the most herself in. So, yep, makes sense. But that's I the, like the idea of her being a thousand plus years old too. Like, I think well, she's she's she. I think she's a, she's a she's millennia old. I think that's, she's that's multiple. Right, but okay, but so in this world, like, it's clearly established she's at least she's at least yeah, a yeah. thousand years old. Yeah, and the idea behind that, like, the scale of that in this world, just is astounding. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like you have a thousand year old creature here. Yep. At least. <laughs> so I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it all fits in with the narrative of the story, though, of, you know, a kingdom under attack by a by a by a monster. We'll use the word. Uh, and then it's how the knights respond to it. But it's there's much more like you use the word onion layers. There's much more layers here to that. But it's also the world they build around it. Let's talk about some of the aesthetics then. Well, real, real, real quickly for a few minutes, talk about some of the aesthetics that we in this in this world uh, with, I think, respect to the animation of laser bolt guns. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Um, I, <laughs> I did. I the car was nifty. Hmm? The car. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, it was like littered with like like all the all with all those shots and stuff, too. There's so many scenes with like that kind of stuff in it that was just, I don't know. I thought it was really well done. Attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the just detail the, the, the animation's great. The animation is top tier. It is. It's well, fluid and it moves. What well about the fact that they have actual horses 
but when they mount up, they're on like motorcycle like flying horses, uh, uh, motor- motorcycle hover motorcycle horses. Yeah, are, yeah, like dude, that's badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. actually, when the motor turns into a horse and he's riding our back, like that's a cool scene. Yeah, yeah, that's cool as hell. This is so to me. To to me, someone just nerfed Shrek. And this was born. Whatever ideas and designs were behind it, this is the result that that, that we get. Oh, the story here is pretty deep, man. So you think it's it? This is like a neutered version of Shrek. No, I think it is. I think the starting point was Shrek, and then this is what they got to when it was done. So I mean, not not that's a bad thing because Shrek is you know as far as you know bars set. Shrek was one of the first animated, excellent. You know, oh, you, yeah, have yeah. To, you have to meet this bar before you can do anything else. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, because Disney for decades was the, was the undisputed king. And then, I mean, absolutely undisputed. And Pixar comes along, starts to really redefine what that is. And then, you know, DreamWorks gets in the gets in it. And it's now there's a lot of people with Sony animations. You, you mentioned Rogers Mitchell versus the machines. It, it's just yep. that's 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 S tier uh. S tier stuff. Sony did the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, it's a little <laughs> to, to yeah, Spider Verse. Look, movies. I like Mitchell's versus Machine. It ain't the fucking Spider Verse, son. <laughs> no, but again, there are two different movies. I think too of yeah. When you're talking about animated movies, I don't think about Spider Man. I think Spider Man's more of a superhero movie than an animated. But I mean, as far as animated goes, I think somewhere along the line of uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines or How to Train Your Dragon is probably the tier to beat right now. Especially with storytelling like this, uh, lends more towards uh, How to Train Your Dragon, of course, because of the medieval setting, and of course the the whole misunderstood thing. Which we're in a new era now, so that means something different than it did twenty years ago or even ten years ago. It means something yeah. completely different, especially in this movie. Again, if you get the undertones, you know what I'm talking about. But otherwise, there's there's a lot. The movie, you'll probably understand. Well, so I'm. That's what I'm. You know, there's definitely something beneath the surface here. I don't want to use the word agenda. That's a bad word these days, but um, I can see why some people would have a problem with this. That's what I'm trying to say is I'm trying not to be so, but like, people do have a problem with this movie and I can see why, but it is a good, very enjoyable movie, if nothing else. That's what, when we don't get a lot of these from Netflix, especially in the animated realm. So I'm glad that we did get this and it looks great. We haven't great. dealt with animation from Netflix very often. Right, but the couple of things that we have actually dug into and talked about from them has been pretty good, right? Because I don't think we've talked about animated Netflix since Mitchell's, right? That's uh, been that was a while ago. Sea Beast, that's oh, Sea Beast was, was another one, but again, that's one also with it's kind of in this camp too. Sea Beast was last year. It was Chris and I. You, you and I did that, right, Chris? I think. Yeah, I, th- I, I wasn't here. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think you're here for that, Roger. But yeah, that's I think, why I don't remember it. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Sea Beast was along the same lines of. There's a lot of undertones there that it had. It had. If some you're looking for it, it's there. It has some divicity, Yes. So uh, let me just ask you guys. Then is this kind of the era that we're in right now? You either you, you either see the you either see the undertones or you don't, or are there are there undertones to be seen, or am I just being crazy about this? I mean, I think it all depends on, I don't know. There's a lot of factors to play in there. I think that 
you have people that want to create things that will create things in the space allowed to create things. And I think oh, that, yeah, of it's course, it, I, 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 well, I think that's it. Though, how right? you interpret a story is up to you. No, I mean, no, I, how you interpret the story is one thing, but I think that, you know, when someone creates something, they want you, they want you to see the story that they're trying to tell, which is fine. I just think that like everything else we talk about around the Spain, if you make something and you make choices along the way that creates something you have to be okay with the choices you made and what you created. You have to be okay with with either side of of any aisle or any opinions going positively or negatively because of the choices you made. Fair Not enough. Not everyone's going to love the thing that you create. And well, Chris, you, you love to say some... you love to say that one thing we we've said talking on many shows. If you're going to create it, you have to be okay with the backlash. Exactly. You know whether you know good you're or bad. To do that noble yes. or not, you have to be okay with the backlash. Yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about. We said that. What was that? There's been I mean, I, I say now, I say a lot of brilliant. We talked about that a lot during Lord of the Rings time. Oh yeah, right, yeah right, that okay. too. Lord oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think that that might be the first time that that it came up in in such a such a big way. But yeah, it, it, it and that's what it boils down to here. And you know, you can't be surprised when when some people don't when don't agree with the story you're telling because of the decisions you made to tell your story, and you have to be okay with that. You know, you don't got to agree with them. But you have to understand that, you know, there are different opinions. So I think this I think this movie's fun. I think it's good. And I think it's worth watching. You sure. Know? I, 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 I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that. I mean, there's we should move to score it, though. If we're going to Chris, you and I are going to do a deep dive at a later time. Mm-hmm. Um, we should move to score yeah, this time. I, I, I would like to deep dive this movie. That's going to be a good episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I really think it's going to be a really enlightening episode. Uh, it's going to yeah. it's an episode that we haven't done before, but. We'll do it and we'll see uh, how, how it goes. But as of as for right now, I think we should um, move to score it. Okay. So I don't want to go first. I, I went first with Indiana Jones. I'll go. It's fine. So I think uh, I think the one is a pretty decent flick. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the story or the story that's told um, without any without any deep diving into it. If you take it at face value, most people will find it at least a mildly entertaining movie. That being said, I think the animation style was top tier. Um, this looks really good. And with the story and the voice acting, which we didn't talk too much about here, it's all good. but the voice acting is very, yeah. very good. Um, the characters that they play and how they interact and especially with the animation style, you know, really brings these people to life. Um, I think the is really, really good. Um, I think it's probably like an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is some of the best animated stuff we've seen in a while. The best animated thing that I've watched personally since Spider-Verse. So, um, there's that. <laughs> I think uh, it has my seal of approval, and I would actually probably watch this again, which says a lot for me for Netflix because normally once it goes off my Netflix queue, I never ever watch it again. Yeah, never ever ever yeah, ever <laughs> ever. Uh, I'll, I'll go second here. So, um, I, I, I've spoken a lot of positive about this about this mo- about this this film. Um, that being said, I do have negatives, but I think they're more they're more worthy to talk about it, like within like a deep dive setting, not on a surface level of, of what the kids movie accomplishes. This movie, as the kids film, does very well at what it wants to do. The animation is spectacular, as Roger said. The voice acting is good. This movie just pops in a lot in, in all the best ways, and it doesn't waste any time, and it's entertaining the whole way through. There wasn't a point where I was like ready for it to end. It was just when the it's end like the up, right length for yeah, exactly. that kind of movie too. Exactly. It's a tight run time and it's a fun ride all the way through. It's like 96 minutes or so. Yep. 
considering some of the things I have I, I, I have in the negative column that I don't really want to get into here at this point, you know, which I will include in my score, the, this movie is a seven. This movie is a seven, but there, there, there's an asterisk of there's some things I wasn't able to go over that I don't think, you know, lends credence to, to this discussion. But this movie is a seven. It's fantastic. It's fun. And it's a it's a good kids movie, you know, at, at, from a high level. hundred um, percent. I want to. So I'm going to also give it a seven. But for just hear, hear me out for one second of mm-hmm. well, Roger, you said we didn't go over the, the ca- Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed. They. They have a pedigree and it's very high. That's yeah. They they are excellent and they're like eighty percent of the of the dialogue is is them and it's they're yeah, incredible. Course, I mean, yeah. Chloe I think outdoes a little bit, but only because she has the more outlandish scenes and you oh, know, yeah. she, she gets to talk she about sticks out more. She gets to talk about being a shark and being a whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I, I think that it's written to give her more of the shine as far as dialogue is concerned. But I, they're I am I love both of them and I don't have. Michael, my question for you before I just I I validate my seven more is who's this made for and where is this going to air? This is a kids movie that's made for kids. This was already in theaters before. This already had a theater run. Did it? It did. When? I'm 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 asking you where does it outside of the United States and Canada on Netflix? Where does this? Where does Netflix put this? Oh, I mean, Japan eats his shit up, brother. Oh yeah, yeah. This will be in Japan easy. Okay, Japan it won't be in. Work. It won't be in China. <laughs> it won't be in China. <laughs> nope. It, nope. It won't He's be right. In, it won't be in China. It won't be anywhere in the Middle East. It won't be in the Middle East. Yeah, it won't yeah. be a lot of places in Europe. Um, It'll be big in Australia too. I bet. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, it will. Yeah, Australia. Australia will will watch this. Um, it it uh, uh Southern America will have it too. South America. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, 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 not you know, like Georgia, Florida, <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana, various, Texas. Pa- various parts, Sweden, probably Sweden. not Mississippi. Though. <laughs> that's just that's ooh, my question. Is I mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot of. I don't think kids are. I'm, I'm not even talking about the heavy-handed stuff. I'm talking about even some of the comedy. I don't think kids are going to get a lot I mean, of it. I don't think this is aimed at kids. I really they're I think not this supposed is aimed to... at maybe young young adults or even I think this is aimed at families. I do. Yeah, I, I, I think I think families. it plays in that Shrek in the Shrek realm where it's Dude, not... the one thing this movie is about is acceptance. Yeah. So oh, Absolutely. And if you don't think that that's a family-oriented story, no matter what the real subject matter is, mm-hmm. I mean that's 100%. Family. I, I okay, yeah. fair. I I can I can agree with that. Family it is. But there's there's a lot here that I'm giving this a seven on the asterisk that over time and when we do our episode, I don't think I don't take it down because I, I want to give it a seven. My initial mm-hmm. score was seven and a half or an eight, but I, I think a seven is comfortably where it sits yeah. as a as this movie. Now I'm curious, Chris, I'll have to go check out the um the theatrical run and what it did and where. I'm yeah. curious as to like what the box office was for this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm glad that Netflix has it because Netflix needs. I think they need a lot stronger of an animated showing. Um, I, and I think this is, this is certainly one of them. But I'm I'm glad that Netflix has it. I'm glad that people are going to see this and and see that Netflix can put out. Although they didn't make it, they can host good animated movies. I mean, it's okay to buy somebody else's good product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It well, happens they bought, with movie distribution all the time. Well, they bought Mitchells versus the Machines. They bought. I'm sure they've. There's several things we haven't talked about because there's just the 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 amount of stuff that comes out on Netflix. It would be impossible, even if you do two shows a day, to cover all of it. I mean, so, here's the thing, right? 
They're content generating monsters. Like that's what they do. They just churn, 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 churn. And if they take time and buy something else from somebody else, somebody else's studio because it's good, and will get them into talking about or you know get some buzz around something that's on their thing, whether they made it or not. I think that's a big deal for them. Because look, they take a lot of shit for bad stuff, and you know, people were like, "Well, it doesn't matter as long as somebody's watching it." Somebody at Netflix is going, "Man, we keep making pieces of shit." Somebody there is saying that. Well, but <laughs> they some, have to be. But then some them- somewhere in an office, there's somebody like me going, "Why the fuck do we do this?" Well, but for every one person that's doing that, they have another person sitting across from them going, "But we already have their money each month. What does it matter?" No, it's true. That's why I think Netflix is the downfall of. Is going to be the downfall because once they, my thing, look, I've said it a million times. Once Netflix has enough content that they can completely edge out everything else on Netflix and just put Netflix stuff on Netflix, things are going to be a lot weirder for the for the non Netflix. Let's get weird. There. I'm just saying. So I, I, I do want to correct. I, I don't know if it got an actual theatrical run, but it. So what happened was it was released at uh, the Annecy International Animation Film Festival. June 14th and then it had early release screenings on the 23rd and the 24th so it was in theaters was it in at some that way. festival yeah so so like, like it was well no it said and then it received early screenings 23rd and 24th okay and then released digitally on June 30th so didn't have an official like box office but it was well, it, it had a seven day run maybe yeah so All right, that would well, make it an Oscar qualifier exactly which it would it was exactly the intention <laughs> well do you really hold on do you, in what universe does this even compete with Across the Spider Verse? Well, hold on, it doesn't have to compete. Nope. It just has to get in the in the it door. Just has to be nominated. nominated. We know that. Oh, okay, that's okay. You're right. If it's nominated, that's still some kind of level here, of prestige. Yeah, and here's the thing: it can't help that Spider Verse came out the same year it was ready. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you, you can't. If 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 studios tried to do that, we would get one release a year. Is mm-hmm. what would happen. And we'd be slated for years ahead of time. That's so. <laughs> That's very true. All right, gentlemen, yeah. thank you again for joining me for another episode. Mm-hmm. Another one in the book. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. This has been episode 338B of For the Love of Cinema Movie Podcast. B. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I have no Twitter. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Insidious, The Red Door, and okay. the, the Outlaws on Netflix. I'm really fucking pumped for next week, let me tell you. <laughs>